grace, mercy, and peace be unto us from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which engages us is the gospel lesson read previously, the account of the first Palm Sunday. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, something big was about to happen. That was the conclusion of the crowds that had gathered there in Jerusalem to welcome Jesus to Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday. There was an electricity in the air. There was excitement all around. Throngs of Jews had come from all over the world at that time, the known world at that time, in order to celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem. And they felt that something big was about to happen. After all, it was the Passover. And it was way back on the first Passover, all the way back in Exodus 12, when God did something really big for his people, delivering them from their slavery in Egypt, even parting the Red Sea in order to do it. But now it wasn't the Egyptians, but rather the Romans who were ruling God's people. And God's people detested the Romans, the rulers, and paying taxes to Caesar. And many of them believed that God was going to send a Messiah to them, someone who would, with God's help, overthrow the Romans and set up a wonderful earthly kingdom here for God's people, returning them back to the glory of their past, the glory they had under David and Solomon. What a wonderful kingdom it would be. And then the word spreads that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to take part in the Passover as well. And the people see Jesus approaching Jerusalem on top of a donkey, the exact way that the prophet Zechariah predicted that God's people would see their king coming to them. The people think, this is it. God's going to come now and overthrow the Romans and set up a great earthly kingdom for us. And so they go out to meet Jesus. And from the other gospel accounts, we, we learn that they actually spread their cloaks out, their coats out on the road in front of him, signifying their willingness to be ruled by him. They waved palm branches, as we saw the children here, as he came, a, a national symbol of triumph and victory. They shouted, Hosanna, which not only means praise, but actually, save us now. And they said, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. They were excited. The King they had longed and hoped for was now coming to Jerusalem. But by the end of the week, no doubt many of those same palm branch waving, Hosanna shouting people would be sadly disappointed. For Jesus would end up executed in one of the most gruesome and horrifying ways possible. The Romans would still be in control and ruling over them. Many of the people at that time would probably go home from the Passover concluding that nothing really had changed. Perhaps they would think that their expectations for Jesus were just too great and that Jesus was an utter failure. Well, you know, there are many people today 
who also looked to Jesus to be an earthly king for them, to return their life back to a more glorious time, or to fulfill some future vision they have for their lives. They want Jesus, but they want Jesus on their terms. And they have high expectations of him, just like the people in our text. More happiness, more success in life, perhaps a new job, perhaps deliverance from an illness or a disease or an addiction. They're focused on the here and now with Jesus. And as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if we have only hoped in this life for Jesus, we are of all people most to be pitied. And if we're not careful, we can fall into that kind of thinking as well when it comes to Jesus. Focusing on him only for the things of this world, the immediate needs here, and forgetting the primary reason that he came to this earth in the first place. The people back at that time, on that first Palm Sunday, had some very high expectations for Jesus. But when you stop and think about it, their expectations were actually too small, way too small. You see, they were focused on earthly things and a rather small geographic area at that. But by the end of the week, Jesus would impact all of creation. They were focused on the here and now. But by the end of the week, Jesus would impact eternity. They were focused on their own personal earthly needs. But by the end of the week, Jesus would reconcile the entire world to God. They thought their expectations were great, were big, but they actually were much too small. You see, God had bigger things in mind. It's very appropriate in a way, when you stop and think about it, that the people shouted out Hosanna on that first Palm Sunday, save us now. That's exactly what Jesus came to do, to seek and to save that which was lost. And he went on to do exactly that, not by overthrowing Roman rulers, but by taking on the eternally deadful trio of sin, death, and the devil. And by defeating all three, not just for the people who were gathered there on that first Palm Sunday, but for all people who have ever lived or ever will live on the face of this earth. And it was very appropriate when you stop and think about it that the people shouted on that first Palm Sunday, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. For Jesus did come in the name of the Lord. He came in the name of his Father, not to do his will, but to do the will of the Father who sent him. And remember how the Father made that known, both at his baptism and at the transfiguration, stating, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And what was that will of the Father? That his Son should go to the cross, that his Son should endure every ounce of his Father's wrath for the sins of the world. And that's exactly what Jesus would do. And when you stop and think about it, 
It's also very appropriate, unknowingly to the people at the time, that they also referred to Jesus as a king when he entered Jerusalem, just not a king as they thought. Not an earthly king, an earthly ruler, but one after his mission was accomplished and went back to the Father, would be ruling over all of creation. It was in our epistle lesson for today when Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2 that therefore God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and below the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. And so as we begin this holiest of weeks, we pray that God might lift up our eyes from our everyday concerns, from the details of our lives, from the here and now, to see the incredible things that he is doing. How on Thursday he will take the Passover meal and transform it into a meal in which the partakers receive the forgiveness of all of our sin, the body and blood of our Savior, strength for our daily living, and a foretaste of that eternal marriage feast in the Lamb of his kingdom, which will have no end. We'll see how on Friday, Jesus will take what probably looked to a lot of people like just another crucifixion taking place out on that hill called Golgotha, and transform it to the place where the Son of God will bow his head and die. And in so doing, will crush the head of Satan, fulfilling the promise that God gave to our first parents, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden. And then on Sunday, we will see Jesus take an ordinary tomb in a cave and roll away the stone and give us a glimpse into our future. A future no longer with the dead, but a future with the living. An earthly ruler who has come to overthrow the Romans? Hardly. Thanks be to God that he had much bigger things in mind. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith, unto life everlasting. Amen.